Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. Somebody say, God is for me. He's not against me. Hallelujah. So, you know, even if the devil might be against you, who cares? God's for you. God's for you. And that's why no weapon formed against you will prosper. Doesn't matter what kind of things are formed against you. They won't prosper. They will not succeed. And we always triumph. And we always win. We always come out on top. We always come out better. You know, the Bible says concerning Jesus, had he known, he never would have crucified him. He never would have had Jesus crucified had he known what it was going to do. How it was going to release the power of God into the world like it has never been seen before. And then there were going to be all kinds of Jesuses springing up all over the world. All kinds of folks being born of God, born again. Sons and daughters of the Most High God. If the devil knew that, he, he would just left Jesus alone. But he just couldn't help himself. He had to go in and attack him. And now here we are. Saved and have total dominion over him. So that we can tread upon serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy. And nothing will by any means harm us. Amen. Amen. Had he known. He would never have done it. He would never have done it. And so we need to know that, you know, in our own life, no matter what we come up against in life, we know if we keep our eyes on Jesus, it's all going to turn out for our good. It'll turn out for our good and for God's glory. But we've got to be led by the Spirit of God through the storms of life. You know, no matter what comes, we've got to keep our eyes on Him. And training to do that starts now. You don't want to have to start learning in the middle of a storm. You know, you don't have to try to, you know, start trying to figure out how to be led by the Spirit of God right in the middle of a storm. You know, you get online and you go to lofbc.org and you go to the media page and you type in the search there. That's our website, the church website. And you type in the search there, how to be led by the Spirit of God. And you pull up the teaching series and you start listening to it. Well, thank God, you know, if you're in a position to be able to do it in the midst of a storm, do it. But it's a whole lot better to, to learn while you're not in the middle of a hurricane. Learn now. Learn now. We got to take advantage of every moment we have to learn how to be led by the Spirit of God. How to flow with God. How to be able to receive from God. How to be able to discern what is of God, what is not of God. God is looking to train us all the time so that we're always ready. He doesn't want us ever to be caught off guard. So many times things come against people in life, they're not ready for it. They don't know what to do. They're in a panic. And they're just throwing everything they know at the the storm, at the situation that's arising in their life. And many times it's not enough. They need to be able to hear from God, be led by God on how to get through that thing. They need to know how to access his power and be able to rise above it. But many times people are unprepared. 
Unprepared, unprepared. You know, I think of the disciples, you know, the night that Jesus was going to be betrayed. And there he is in the garden, you know. Now, he had been preparing them, but now we're, we're coming down to it. We're just, we're just hours away now from the Lord being betrayed. I mean, everything's about to happen. And Jesus goes over to his disciples. He goes, now, come on, let's, we're going to watch and pray. Let's pray. And so Jesus takes Peter, James, and John uh, a little further away from the other group, and then they pray a little while, and then, and then Jesus says, there's some things you know you got to do alone, just between you and God. Some things you're just, you're just going to have to get alone. You know, thank God for corporate prayer. Thank God we can, we can get other people to pray for us and, and get around people that help us. That's why it's so important to be a part of a church, be a part of a church family. And we are a family. I said, we are a family. And you need your church family. And you need to get to know the people in your church family. It's not enough just to attend church. Because when the storms of life come, you know, you got to know how to get around people and talk to them. And so they can get involved in your life. And if they're not involved in your life most of the time, when you get in the middle of a storm, you probably won't connect with them there either. We got to get familiar with the people that are around us. Get to know one another, develop relationships with each other, so that when storms come, we can get on the phone. We can connect with each other. Say, hey, this is, what, this is what's going on. And they know you. They have, a, they have a heart connection with you. They know you. They care about you. They love you. You guys have fellowship. You've communicated with each other. And so, man, their heart just connects with you, and they can agree with you, and they can help pull you through that thing. But if you don't connect with people of faith around you, and all you know is a bunch of heathens at work and everything else, or a bunch of backslidden Christians over here, and you're not connecting with your, your, your family of like precious faith, then when the storms of life come, pray for me. Who are you? Well, yeah, yeah, there's that guy, you know. And, and uh, who's he? And, you know, it's amazing to me how there are Christians that they're offended because nobody in the church recognized when I wasn't there. That's your fault. That's a testimony against yourself. That's not a testimony against it. Well, they wouldn't even recognize if I wasn't there. In fact, I wasn't there for a couple weeks. Nobody even noticed. What does that tell us about you? That you're not connecting with people. That's what it says. You're not connecting with people because there are people here that are connecting. And you need to be a connector. You need to move in and connect with one another. And so it shouldn't be that way. If you're not here, people should recognize it. People should be calling you on the phone. Hey, where are you? I haven't seen you in a couple weeks. And why are they calling you on the phone? Just because you're that guy that sits in that chair over there and doesn't talk to anybody? No, they're calling you on the phone because you connect with them. They, they connect with you. You connect with them. You fellowship. You talk to each other. And so they recognize you're not there. Where's my talking buddy? Where's my praying buddy? Where are they? But people just expect people to have all this love, warm affection, and care for them when, they're, when they isolate themselves and they don't connect with the brethren. We need to connect with one another. Especially when the storms of life come. It's good to know you have a, an army of people behind you. That love you, care about you, hook up with you. Amen. But then there's sometimes, you know, where there's some things that you, it's just, you just got to, only you and God can get through it. 
And so Jesus had his disciples. They were able to pray with him to a point, and then he just had to go a little bit further. I waited for Peter, James, and John, get alone with God and, and pray. Connect with the Father, talk to the Father. And that's another thing, you know, you got to know how to connect with your brethren. you got to know how to pray with one another. But you need to know how to get alone with God and connect with him. It can't always be pray for me. Do my praying for me. I need you to pray for me. Get on Facebook. Ask a thousand people to pray for you. No, you need to know God hears you. When you talk, God will listen to you. God will answer you without anybody else backing you up. And you need, to, you need to know that. But there is the prayer of agreement. And there is corporate praying and agreeing with other people. It's all, all in the Bible. But then there's those times you've got to know how to just get along with Jesus. Get along with the Father. Get along with God. And hear from him. And so Jesus, you know, he's being really pressed in his soul. And so he gets alone with the Father. And he asks the Father, is there any possible way? that this cup could pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. You know, here he is praying about something that his, about getting out of something that he's been talking about doing since he was a kid, since he was a youth. He, 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 was, he was born for this, to come and become a sacrifice for mankind to go to the cross, to die for us. He was telling his disciples, trying to, trying to prepare them, trying to get them ready. A lot of times they didn't quite understand what he was talking about. But he was telling them, I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be rejected. This is what's going to happen to me. I'm going to be scourged. All these things are going to happen. I'm going to die on the third day. I'll be raised up again. He, he knew all this. And yet here he is when that storm hit. Here he is, surrounded by all this emotional pain and confusion is trying to overtake his thought life. And he's crying out to the Father, is there any other way we could do this? I mean, do I really actually have to do this? Is there any other possible way that this does not have to happen? And of course, you know he's not getting an answer. Because he already knows the answer. And so he gets up and he goes to his disciples to get some help. And he looks and there they are. They're sound asleep. Now really at this point it's not really about getting help from them. Even though you know he's looking for some comfort. Quite obviously you get into a situation like that. It's nice to have people to help you. And comfort you. But he knows what's coming and he knows they need to be ready. They need to be praying. So he says, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. So they wake up. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And Jesus goes back, and he's praying, and he's talking to the Father. And he's asking again the same thing, not getting any answer, not, not, get, not hearing anything from God that's any different than he's always heard and known. And so he's at it for a while, and he turns back around, and he goes back out there, and they're sound asleep. They're not praying a lick. They're just out of it. So he tells them again, are you still sleeping? I'm about to be betrayed. You better start praying unless you enter into temptation. Then he goes off and he begins to pray. And he asks the father a third time. And of course, no answer, so he knows. He knows the answer. You know, when God doesn't talk to you, that could be him talking to you. 
we can go by what God doesn't say as much as what he does say. If he's not saying anything different, then there's probably nothing different. There's probably no change. And that's a good thing to know. Because sometimes you think, Lord, where are you? Lord, where are you? Talk to me. And he doesn't have to. Because he's already, he's already talked to you about this. He's already talked to you about it. So he goes back to his disciples. They're sleeping again. I mean, this is the Lord Jesus himself telling them, you better wake up and you better pray. And they're not doing it. They're not doing it. So they're not ready. So next thing you know, that mob comes to get him. And they arrest Jesus. And the disciples are all in a panic. And they run off. They're all in confusion. And they weren't ready. Then Peter later on denies the Lord Jesus. Gets under pressure. He wasn't ready. What happens, what happens if he had prayed? What happens if they were praying? What happens if they stayed awake and they were praying, they were really connected with the Lord, and they're really sensitive that something really is going to come down here. Something's going down. The Lord's telling us something's about to go down. And they were ready for it. I wonder if Peter would have denied the Lord. I, I just wonder what the outcome would have been for those guys. But it was rough. I mean, think about it. Peter denied the Lord. That's not a little thing. He denied the Lord three times. You understand? That can get you kicked out of the kingdom of God. Denying the Lord. Jesus said, if you deny me before men, he taught them this. You deny me before men, I will deny you that I know you before the Father. You reject me before men, I'll reject you. That's exactly what Peter did. This is a serious, serious thing. And I believe that's why later on, after Jesus rose from the dead, he reinstated Peter by asking Peter three times, do you love me, Peter? How many remember that? After the Lord rose from the dead, he's walking with Peter on the beach, and he says, Peter, do you love me? He says, yes, Lord, you you know all things. You know I love you. Jesus asked him that not two times, but three times. Why? Because Peter denied him three times. I believe that was the way the Lord was reinstating Peter back into the kingdom of God. In fact, in Luke's gospel, Jesus, in warning Peter of what he was about to do, that he was going to deny him, he said, but when you return to me, he said to him, Satan desires, Peter, Satan desires to sift you like wheat, but I've prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And when you return to me, strengthen the brethren. So there's a few things right there. Jesus, did, Jesus knew what was coming. He knew Satan was seeking to sift Peter. And yet he didn't intercede that it wouldn't happen, did he? Peter, Jesus did not pray that Satan would not test and try to sift Peter. Put him through any kind of trial and test. Oh, God, protect him. Lord, I just rebuke Satan that he'll not be able to do that to Peter in Jesus' name, in my name. Jesus didn't pray that way. Did Jesus pray that way? No, he didn't pray that way. He said, I've prayed for you that your faith will not fail. See, I didn't pray the trial and test away, but I prayed that your faith would hold up in it. I prayed that you'd be refined through it and come out better in the end. So there's a lot of things that kind of are inevitable. They're going to happen. But thank God we can get through it. 
I said, we can get through it. Victorious. Getting on the other side of it. Can you say amen? So he said, I prayed for you that your faith would not fail when you return to me. Strengthen the brethren. Return to me. What does that mean? That means you're going to depart from me. But he said, when you return to me. So he had left him when he confessed that he didn't know him. But he returned to him. Because Jesus had prayed for him. But I just wonder how different it would have been if Peter had prayed. If Peter had prayed. If they'd all been prayed up. If they'd all been ready. There was a lot of things Jesus had been warning them about. But they weren't ready for it. They weren't ready for it. They had their own idea how life was going to turn out for them. And they weren't being sensitive to the Spirit of God. They weren't being sensitive to Jesus who was warning them time and time again. And we have to realize we've got the Holy Spirit, our helper who is with us, to prepare us, to have us ready for the evil day. He wants us prepared when trials and tests come our way. When evil comes against us, we can be ready. We can be fully warned. I think of Jeremiah. Turn me to the book of Jeremiah chapter 6 and in verse 10. It says, to whom shall I speak and give warning? That they may hear. Indeed, their ear is uncircumcised and they cannot give heed. Behold, the word of the Lord is a reproach to them. They have no delight in it. So God's saying, who can I warn? Who can I get ready for the trials and tests of life? Who will hear? Who will heed the warnings? You see how God wants to have us ready? I said, do you see how God wants to have us ready? So we have to take advantage of every opportunity we have for God to prepare us, to teach us. To be able to hear what he is saying. If we want to be able to hear from him in the crisis of life, then let's make sure we're just exercising our hearing daily. Let's just know. See, that brings us back to if, he, if, if he's not saying something to us, then we know that's him saying something to us because he always says things to us when we need him to say things to us because we're always listening to him and communicating with him. See, we're spending time with him daily, talking with God and fellowship with him and, and esteeming his word, not where his word is a reproach to you and we're despising his word, but if we're spending time in his word and we're esteeming his word, then... When we don't hear something, it's like, huh, we're hearing something. That's God talking. Because we hear from God. Somebody say, I hear from God. Are you confident in that? Everybody needs to be confident in that. My sheep hear my voice, Jesus said. So there isn't one little sheep. One little sheep that shouldn't be able to hear his voice. We should start hearing and discerning and recognizing his voice in our life the moment we get saved. You don't have to be some kind of Bible scholar and and have, have years under your belt of being a Christian for you to start hearing from God. You start hearing from God when you get saved. And that doesn't mean you're hearing, you know, these loud, audible voices. 
but you just are recognizing God speaking to you. You're recognizing his thoughts when he puts his thoughts in your mind. You recognize that is not my thought. That is a God thought. That thought is higher than my thought. That is not my thought. That's God's thought. That's God speaking to me. That's God talking to me. You need to start exercising that now. What's God saying to me? Lord, what are you saying to me today? And of course, where does it start? It starts with the word. It starts with the word. We go to the Bible. And we're listening for what God is saying to us in the written word of God. Teaching us about his ways. We're learning, we're learning the written word. But then we're hearing. We're listening. We're discerning his thoughts throughout the day. We're recognizing. And if he needs to say something to us, he leads us. He got, oh, God showed me not to do that. No, 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 God, God has directed me away from that. You know, there's some things I have to change. I mean, God has dealt with me about all kinds of stuff. I mean, right down to different drinks that I've drank, not alcohol. But I remember there was this little herb drink. It's nice, it's good for you. And I used to like having it right after lunch. It was called Fortune Delight. I don't know if they still make it out there. There's this company called Sunrider. You, you get that? But you know what I'm talking about. This company called Sunrider, and so, you know, you'd have your, it tastes like iced tea, and I'd like to have that after lunch, and after lunch, you get a little bogged down, so you have your little fortune to light. Well, I was having fortune to light, you know, every day, it became like a daily thing, and that was, that just, that just gave me that boost during the day, you know, so I started, I mean, it, it was so, you know, something I just began to depend on so much, I started saying, man, I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might with the help of fortune to light. <laughs> you know, that was my confession. And then, you know, it was kind of like no longer the power of his mind. It was just fortune delight, you know. I think, I, think, I think that's where it was going. So he dealt with me. I recognized when I was to stop doing that. I remember I went, went to go fix myself a little fortune delight. And I was like, something didn't seem right about it. Just didn't seem right about it. I thought, well, that's not me. I mean, I want fortune delight. And yet something doesn't seem right about it. And it wasn't like some audible voice told me not to do it or some hand came down on me and slapped it. You know, every time I went to go reach a fortune light, something slapped my hand. Or I went to go grab the glass and it moved away. I mean, yeah. You know, it wasn't something weird like that. It was just something's not right. You just knew it. You just knew something wasn't right. And, and so it got to the point that if I drank that thing, it would be sin. I mean, I just knew I'd be doing wrong, so I just didn't do it. So then the next day, I thought, well, that was just probably a, a fluke, you know. It was just, that was yesterday. So today we can have it, you know. So the next day, I went in there to go fix myself a little fortune. Delight, and everything's going good. I'm, I'm, the whole time I'm, I'm going, I pick up the package, start, nothing, nothing. Uh. Something's not right. Something's not right. So you have to obey that. I said, you have to obey that. Now, I don't know if Fortune Delight had health issues that weren't good for me. Maybe. I don't know. God knows. He didn't explain that to me. I don't, I don't really know the reason why, but maybe it, wasn't, maybe it was just, I don't want you drinking that anymore for, you know, for whatever reason. Maybe it was just a test. To test me. I don't want you to drink that anymore. Will God do that? Sure. Just to help us. Help us to be sensitive to him. 
Not let anything in the flesh dominate us. But I don't know. I really don't know the reason for it. But I knew I couldn't do it. I knew I couldn't do it. Well, see, that's the same Holy Spirit that's going to stop us from making major decisions in life that would cause major problems for us. That's the same Holy Spirit. He's going to lead us the same way. So it's in the little things. I remember when I was newly saved. I wasn't saved that long. And I remember television. I remember turning on, I think it was Batman or something. I don't know what it was. It was something goofy. And it was just, ugh. I couldn't watch him. I couldn't do it. It bothered me. It's like I had to turn it off. So a lot of folks will press through that. Say, bless God, that's Batman. Of course I could watch Batman. And they're going to watch their Batman. And what they end up doing is dulling their heart. And they become less sensitive to the Holy Spirit so that an hour before their greatest trial, they're sleeping instead of praying. See, they're not watching and praying because they have a foggy-ass idea of what's going to happen. They don't, know what's going to, they don't know what's going on. And they're not ready. So we have to be ready. We have to be listening. And this isn't and to scare people that something bad's going to happen. This is life. Bad stuff has already happened to every person in this room. Has anybody had bad stuff happen? We've all, all gone through stuff. It's a part of life. I'm not talking about anything new coming. But I'm just talking about being ready for whatever comes. For whatever comes. Whatever comes. We're ready for it. But we're ready because... We're preparing ourselves. We're praying. We're spending time with the Lord. We're talking with Him. And we just don't want to neglect that. We don't want to don't want to neglect those times with the Lord and keep putting it off. As we're going now, we're in 2020. We got some New Year's resolutions. Top on the list is what? I'm going to spend time in the Word of God. I'm going to spend time in prayer. And there's other levels. You understand what I'm saying? You see, prayer isn't some boring thing. A lot of folks are wasting their life on video games, going from level to level, conquering nothing, gaining nothing, but more emptiness in their life. What a waste for a Christian to be doing that when you could be Shandai Rondaing yourself into all kinds of places in the Spirit, touching on the things of God. That will result in some kind of spiritual reward in your life. Because you start touching on those things and you start going out there in the, in the spirit like that, you're, you're, you, your spirit is connecting with things that you will enjoy in life. It will materialize in your life. I believe everything that I experience will materialize in my, in my life as I go forward. I believe I, I lay hold of some things in the spirit and I'll see it played out in the natural But first it started in prayer. It started praying in the Spirit. That's where our answers are. They're in the Spirit. They're in God. Right? Isn't that what he said over in 1 Corinthians chapter 2? Let's get excited going into 2020 about praying. We're going to pray ourselves into places, man. You could just just play it off. You can just play it off. And you can... uh, you can be very happy with where you are. I'm praying. I'm walking with the Lord. I'm hearing from God. Things are good. And we're not going further. We're not going from level to level. Big glory to big glory. 
And we could just be, we could become very content with where we are. But that's, that's not where we want to be. That's not what God has for us. We want to go further and deeper into the things of the Spirit. Grow in this thing. Not just, yeah, I hear from God. I hear from God. I mean, let's, let's get to the point where God, when he speaks, it's like a thunder. I mean, we are hearing from God. We're hearing about stuff that we don't even need to be hearing about yet. We're so ahead of the game. We're so out there. You know what I'm saying? I mean, isn't that the way it was with Jesus? He, I mean, he knew all kinds of stuff before it ever happened. He's telling us, he tells Peter, uh, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. How do you know that? I've got it out here in the spirit. See, Peter, Satan uh, desires to sift you like wheat. Well, how do you know that? I got it out here in the spirit. See, I know that in the spirit. Satan, I see Satan, uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, Satan, I see what you're up to, devil. Yeah, yeah, well, you're not going to have him. You're not going to have him. I just pray right now for him. His faith won't fail. See, we, we want to be out ahead of the things. That we want to be way ahead. We can be way ahead of things. Like I was saying to you, you know, a couple services back, you know, prayer leaves that track for us. We lay that track, and as, we, as we're going down the road of life, we don't want to get to a place where we're at a track, and we've got to get out of the train, and we've got to start putting track down. Have me some, have some help over here. Then we get back in the train. Boop, boop. We go a few feet, run out of track, get out of it. Let's put some track down. Are you following me? Prayer, prayer, is, like, prayer is like laying track for your life. Say, what's going what, to, it's your future. You're praying out your future. The plan of God for your life. And you don't have to go a few feet and you get out and you lay a few much. That's, that's a horrible place to be. Let's get out there in the spirit, bless God, and let's just lay something into 2022. And we just go. We're way ahead of the game. Got plenty of track throughout this year. Because we've prayed stuff out. We've prayed it out. We've prayed it out by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. He shows us things to come. Doesn't the Bible say that? He will show you things to come. Are we seeing the things to come? Are we knowing things to come? You have an anointing of the Holy One. And you know all things. 1 John 2.20 Do we know all things? Man, there's all kinds of things to know. We don't have to be just, it shouldn't be just, just enough to get by, just to be able to be, call ourselves a Christian. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, thank God you're not backslid. I mean, it's, it's really bad if you're going backwards. You know, a lot of, a lot of Christians are doing that. Going backwards for them is as normal as, you know, they think that's normal now. They just, shee, shee. They're just, they're just going backwards. Shee, shee, shee. And you just forget about it. I mean, they're, that's normal for them. They don't even know. They're just totally backsliding. Just well, thank God, at least you're moving forward. Thank God for that. But we don't want to just be barely moving forward. We want to be moving. Right? Hand me more coal. Let's get some coal in there. Stir it up. Fire it up. And moving. And moving in the things of God. First. Corinthians 2, verse 9, but as it is written, 
eye has not seen or ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. A lot of Christians stop right there. Nobody knows, nobody can know the things God has prepared for them. But you got to finish reading what it says. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Did you see that? There are all kinds of things God has prepared for you. Are you one of those that love him? It's like this little section right here. I get a lot of, I get a lot of witness right here in this little section right here. Does this little section have a witness? Does that little section back there have a witness? Can I hear you back there? Good, good, good. Imagine if we get it all together. What would that sound like? Ah, that sounds good, don't it? Man, that sounds like some fires in the engine. Put your coal in there. Dear Lord, let's get this thing (laughs) choo-chewing. Amen? Notice what he said. God has prepared things for you. But if you don't know about it, you might go without it. You might go without it. But notice, these things he's prepared for you are to be revealed to you. Why? So that you can receive them. So that you can enjoy them in life. Well, how are they revealed? By his spirit. By his spirit. By the Holy Spirit. See, there's some things in the written word, but then there's some things... That we need to know the Holy Spirit. We need to know how to connect and flow with the Holy Spirit. We need to know how to hear from Him. We need to know how to yield to Him. So we get to praying in the Spirit. Get to praying in the Spirit. You see, that's that's speaking in tongues. It's amazing how many Christians have rejected that and denied, denied that in their lives. But what a gift. And it's not just for you to go shatada, shatada, shatada. A few times. This is, this is to help get you in a flow with him so that he takes your spirit, his spirit connects with your spirit and takes you places in the spirit where things can be revealed to you, the real you, the spirit person that you are. Now again, you, it might not get to your mind right away. But if your spirit can see it, if your spirit can get it, it will come to your mind later. So what am I saying? I'm saying, you want to pray in the Holy Spirit. You want, to pray in, you want to pray in tongues. And you want to get around some tongue talkers. And you don't want to just be settled with, I can speak in tongues. Shata, my shata, my shata. That's not really speaking in tongues. I'm just kind of giving a bad illustration of speaking in tongues. But we want to go to a place where we are really digging in and pulling out utterances from heaven. Getting these utterances. That's searching. That's the spirit searching. Now, now, now look at this again. Verse 10. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. 
For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things, that we might know. You might not know either. But that this has been given to you, that you might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. I'm telling you, when I was praying in the spirit that other night... Like I said, there was something about a bay and something about the sea, and it was a wide place, and all the light. I remember saying that. Oh, the light, the light. Oh, the light was so great. The light was so bright. Now, in my mind, I didn't actually see a light, but that's what was coming out of my mouth as I got over into English and praying. Now, see, this is foolishness to the carnal mind. Uh, uh, the carnally minded person doesn't understand this, but we're not carnally minded. We're Bible-minded, right? We're God-minded, spiritually-minded. So this should make you curious. This should, this should kind of be getting somebody hungry and thirsty and say, man, what is that? I want, to, I want to do that. I want to get that. And, you know, it comes easier for some people than others. You know, some people just yield themselves easier. It's easier for them to yield to the Holy Spirit than it is for others. Might be a personality thing. I'm not sure. But it's for everybody. And no matter where you're at, you need to break through. And you need to get over into this. Learn this, learn this kind of praying. Learn this flow of the Holy Spirit. Where he's able to reveal things to you. Your spirit's able to lay hold of things. That, like I said, will eventually be played out in this natural realm. It will come into the scene. If you, could, if you could know it, if you could touch it, if you could take it, if you could have it in the unseen, then you will see it come into the scene. It will manifest in your life. Can you say amen? Now notice what he says. Verse 12 again. For we have received, we have, now we have received not the spirit of the world. That's another spirit, isn't it? It's a worldly spirit. See, a lot, of, a lot of Christians are laying hold of the worldly spirit and they're missing the spirit of God. Isn't that sad? You don't want a worldly spirit. You want the spirit of God. He said, we don't see the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Now, you're not earning it by praying, but you are learning of it and laying hold of it. It's been already bought for you through Jesus. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. What's he talking about here? He's talking about speaking in tongues. He's talking about speaking words, not words that man's wisdom has taught us. Look at it again, verse 13. These things we also speak in words which man's wisdom speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches. How people learned English from a human. We all learned English from a human. And any other kind of language that you've learned, you've learned it from a human. But this language wasn't taught to you by men. This was taught to you by the Spirit of God. I'm talking about speaking in tongues. So he's saying these things 
that the Spirit wants to reveal to you, that He wants to show you. He says, how's it done? By speaking words. Not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things. Yet he himself is judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But... We have the mind of Christ. Wow. Some of you have the mind of Christ. So we have the Spirit of God who will teach us if we will talk in tongues. He's teaching as we're talking. Come on, somebody. There's a praying in tongues where the Spirit of God is teaching us things. He's teaching us things and showing us things to come and revealing to us the plans and purposes of God for our life and the things he has prepared for us to receive, prepared for us to do in life. There's things to be done. There's things for you to accomplish. And praying it out, praying it out, praying it out, praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit will cause you to be able to lay hold of those plans and purposes of God for your life. So we get got to get stirred up. We can be ready for everything. We can be way ahead of the devil. We can be way ahead and sensitive and on top of things. I want to be ahead of things. I don't want to be caught off guard, caught behind, and I got to get caught up. Just like I said, that praying in tongues. I realized, man, I, 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 this is something I was doing a while back, and I've gotten away from it. I need to get back into that. Get the whole church back into that. We want to go further. Somebody say, I want to go further. Fully equipped. Ready. Ready to abound to every good work in life. See, that's, just, that's not just about money. That's not just about money. That's about spiritually. That's about even mentally. Most, having everything you need in life to be able to abound to every good. You are ready. You are ready, ready, ready. Come on, it's time for overflow. It's, it's, it's 2020. It's the year of plenty. Isn't it? That's what he's saying. Come tell you, this, this is the word of God. God. God wants us to get this. Plenty, plenty of, plenty of everything. Surplus, more than enough. Overflow. Not just enough, not just making it, not just, have, not just having enough track to be able to move a little bit further. Not just be able to just, just get a little few more feet down the road. Plenty. 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 Insight into things that we don't even really need to know. It's just surplus. Surplus wisdom. Surplus knowledge. Surplus seeing ahead. I mean, we just, and think of how confident you'd be in life going through life like that, just knowing you're so ahead of things. You're so ahead of stuff. You got more than enough. And you just keep it that way. You just keep going and you keep growing and you keep flowing. And you're just ready. You're just ready. Years before it's even time for you to do it, you're just, you're ready for it. You're prepared for it. You're already set up for it. You're not trying to get ready, trying to get ready. You know, just, just, just trying to get caught up, just trying to make it. And then the storm comes and you're trying to build in the middle of the storm. That's not us anymore. Right? Because he said it's the year of plenty, this 2020. So it's time for us to go after the more. Excess. 
surplus, overflow, too much. Where's it going to happen? Praying. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit. That's where, that's, that's where it all is, out there in the Spirit. I said it's all out there in the Spirit. We need to lay hold of it. Can you say amen? Glory to God. How are we going to push themselves? You know, you got, you got to push yourself. You got to push yourself. You know, just like anything you want to do good for yourself. You got to push yourself to do it. If you don't push yourself, it don't happen. A lot of people say, we're going we're gonna to do the treadmill. So many times a day or for however long. You got to push yourself. I mean, there's going to be some days you don't want to do the treadmill. There's going to be some days you're not going to want to stick to that diet. What do you got to do? Push yourself, right? How much more spiritually? How much more spiritually? We got to push ourselves. There's places to go. There's things to experience. I want to get there. And sometimes it's just, just setting yourself to do it. Just going to take the time, and we're just going to pray, pray, pray until we pray, pray, pray. Sometimes you got to pray until you pray. Sometimes you pray, and it's just kind of, we're praying. And you just got to keep going until we are praying. And then it's, whoo, we're really praying. Can we do that? Yes, we can. Yes, we can. Somebody say, yes, we can. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, stand on your feet with me. Let's thank God for it. Praise God forever. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.